What's up, what's up, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to Multiple Podcast Disorder, and I am your host, Chris Cox, coming to you all the way from the big red state of Nebraska. And before I jump into the meat and potatoes that is the four-course delectable meal that is this episode, I want to get into some ways where you can find us out there to all uh, any new listeners joining us for the first time or our uh, wonderful core group or my wonderful core group of listeners uh, anchor says is somewhere in the range between 12 and 24. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Anchor FM. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, Google Play and Google Podcasts, all under the moniker of multiple podcast disorder. I am also on Facebook and Instagram as Multiple Podcast Disorder. Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Multiple Podcast Disorder or type in MPD Talk at Facebook and you'll be able to pull up the page on Instagram. We are multiple underscore podcast. Excuse me. Yep. Multiple underscore podcast underscore disorder. So you can find us that way. Uh, please reach out to me on social media. You can leave me comments, hopefully good ones, but um, I got tough skin so I can deal with the bad stuff too. Um, slide into the DMs in a positive way. I don't, not the way that you're probably thinking, but if you just want to leave me comments, questions, or even um, ideas for shows in the future, that is always accepted. On Anchor, we have the voice message option. So please, if you're having a statement or comment or even a question regarding a previous show, please leave that voice message and I will aim my best to get it into the next episode of the podcast. I would love to keep an open dialogue with the fans and the listeners out there in the community. Also, I am uh, getting my Twitter fingers ready. I'm working them out, get them very uh, to make sure I'm very agile and have good dexterity. Uh, I'm going through all my uh, Rocky montages to get ready to be the champ on Twitter and be able to get all types of uh, sick burns, awesome sarcastic comments, and just drop some good content on Twitter within 140 characters or less. So look out for multiple podcast disorder coming to Twitter. I want to talk about some Comic-Con news. So the announcement dropped that Wesley Snipes will no longer uh, wear the mantle, wear the katana sword um, of Blade in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, actor Marshalala Ali has now been given the role and will star as a new version of the story instead of Snipes himself. So when this announcement was made, uh, the fans uh, took to the digital streets with uh, digital pitchforks and <laughs> um, uh, digital fires and all types of craziness. They were very upset about Wesley Snipes no longer being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so Wesley Snipes, in only Wesley Snipes fashion, uh, took to the internet, uh, the, the CNET sister site, comicbook.com. Uh, Snipes welcomed Ali to the part and urged fans to accept the new take on the film. Snipes goes on to say, to all the daywalkers losing their minds right now, chillax <laughs> Snipes said although the news comes as a surprise it's all good such is the business of entertainment much peace to the mcu crew always a fan Snipes went on to praise ali who is the academy award-winning star of moonlight and green book 
calling him a beautiful and talented artist whose expressions I look forward to experiencing for many years to come. And again, the news that Marsha Ali would be playing Snipes, excuse me, would be playing Blade in the upcoming film was announced at the Comic-Con in San Diego on Saturday uh, with few details other than Ali's casting. Uh, Snipes did originate the role and starred in the series from 1998 to 2004. And originally he did express interest in returning. But I get why the MCU, I get why Kevin Feige and everybody went with a younger um, newer, I, I, I dare say more relevant box office actor than Wesley Snipes, because again, you want to continue the story for maybe a trilogy or maybe even four movies. And then you also want to have Marshall Ali to be able to uh, pop up in different movies around the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Wesley Snipes is already older. So I get why they didn't do that. And also they don't want to sign to that multi-year uh, contract. My res reserve or my question is hopefully martial Ali will be taking some sort of advanced or rigorous martial arts training or fight training uh, so that the choreography or the movie can bring us a high level of action, which is what Wesley Snipes films did. Uh, the martial arts fight scenes choreography were well done and they were always the high point of the film. So hopefully we can still keep that tone with a new actor. But to the fans, again, put your digital pitchforks away. Uh, stop pounding the digital pavement. Uh, stop lighting your digital torches. <laughs> calm your keys down. Calm your finger, your Twitter fingers down. Scale it back in a little bit. And as my man, uh, as my man Wesley Snipes said, chillax. Okay, now. That was a little bit of gravy. So now I'm really getting now I get those forks and knives ready as I jump into the meat and potatoes for real. Now you got your gravy mm, tasting good. Your your palate is ready for something good. So me again, I'll jump into it. me trying to be a, you know, a good podcast host. You know, I've been reading your boy been reading. I've been skimming and perusing some articles uh, in uh, the attempts to have some really good content to talk to you all on the show. And I think I found two really excellent articles that speak to the division one feels once you enter uh, the blurred culture or the band community, because it feels like you get kicked out of or ostracized out of the African-American community. And you, we were able to build our own community and say, well, we're blurs now or we're band members now. So it, these articles kind of spoke to me and they're older articles, which was very, um, I don't want to say amusing to see, but they were older articles and it spoke to how this has been a trend that's building or a movement that's been building over a couple of years. And I'm sorry to say that I just came across them now. I wish I would have came across these articles a couple of years ago. It would have definitely helped me in uh, understanding myself on a personal level and being more comfortable with who I am a couple of years earlier than when it did happen. So the first article is To All My Black Girls by Alexis Jaya. And this article was posted in May of 2016 and it was posted on the website Blavity.com. And so, again, this is four. It's an article four years old. 
uh, yeah, literally almost four years old in a couple months or four years in a couple months or however it may be. And she starts off her opening salvo of the article, which what really grabbed me and sucked me in. Basically, you know, it just grabbed me, uh, my attention span, smacked it around a little bit and said, look at me. I am the captain now. That's how my attention span. That was it. I, I was sucked in. So she goes on to say uh, to all the girls who dance when there is no music, the girls who see pretty flowers and think they would be perfect in her fro. The girls who stay in their beds for days watching sci-fi shows on Netflix. The girls who go to midnight premieres of Marvel movies because that's the only way to see them properly. The girls who actually did not find Courage the Cowardly Dog creepy as a child. The girls who own box sets of Avatar The Last Airbender, which I'm still trying to purchase. Uh, blurred community, so don't jump on me. Even though I love this series. I love also uh, love Naruto and uh, Korra. So don't jump on me because I don't have them yet. <laughs> and she does. She goes on the list. Naruto as one of the box sets. She has the girls who still belt lyrics for bring me to life by Evanescence, which only makes me think of the horrible Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. <laughs> and the girls who listen to Avenged Sevenfold and Jimmy Eat World, the girls who unapologetic, the girls who are unapologetically themselves, also known as the weird black girls. This is for you. So this will be my take on it as a male. Because again, you know, I'm not female. <laughs> but I only have to say that once. So we'll you know, get that out of the way. So society, uh, as she goes on to say, after that opening salvo, she says society has an idealized perception of a black person. They feed into the stereotypes and think that everyday black people are loud, obnoxious and ghetto. If someone does not fit this description, they are an outsider and this also holds truth within the black community on a smaller scale. And um, it, this is true. This is very true. And yes, some of her, what she uses, you would quote unquote say negative stereotypes, but they're a stereotype. You, you can't, I mean, most stereotypes aren't necessarily positive. I mean, people look at african-americans they look at minorities you're either a criminal or you're some some sort of drag to society there is a negative stereotype in which they adhere to you as a person even if they don't know you on an individual basis but as a whole they go that's a mexican they're probably a gardener or they're probably uneducated or um, they probably own a auto repair shop Oh, that's a black guy. Uh, he's probably been in jail. He's probably an ex-athlete or he probably has four different kids from four different baby months. Like that's the stereotype that the world places on us. And as an African-American male growing up in that society and feeling those pressures to be a criminal, feeling those pressures to follow the street life or feeling those pressures to do what's quote unquote expected of you. It's rough when you just want to say, no, I really like Radiohead. <laughs> like I really like the band garbage. Um, I truly enjoy, uh, no doubt. I really, you know, I like certain movies or I like anime, you know, I'd rather watch that than watch some of these like whack films that are on today. Or I want to watch some of my Korean, you know, action films or even my Korean drama films. 
excuse me, Korean drama films or Korean drama shows. Thank you, Netflix. Big shout out to Netflix, who's doing it big and getting a lot of these simulcasts as well as getting the whole full seasons. Like shout out because I sit there and people would think I speak Korean because it's I got subtitles on. <laughs> I got the volume up and I am intently following my shows. So but then we're labeled weird like people before was mainstream and even sometimes now I was labeled as the weird black kid. You you get put or you get ostracized from being a black kid and now you're into the weird black kid. So now you're weird. Now you're different. Now we don't we don't know where to put you at. So uh, you're just going to be over here. And it sucks because it really does a number on you psychologically because you don't you feel you're being the most honest with yourself. Like, hey, man, I like this. This is what really interests me, man. Like, I want to read comics. I want to read mangas. I want to I truly enjoy this and I want to talk to you about it. You know, whoever that you may be, the universal you (laughs) and you get shut down and you get told that you're weird or worse. You get told you're trying to be white. Because anything that's not within that stereotype that I mentioned earlier gets prescribed to white culture. So because I li- I like to listen to rock and roll, I was up on Lenny Kravitz and Limp Biscuit, and you know, and, and I'll say Lenny, I was up on Lenny Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz before like American Woman hit, and everybody started singing American Woman like right when um when Austin Powers came out, and so that was like just a major worldwide hit, like. I was up on I was up on that when he was doing Are You Gonna Go My Way? <laughs> you know, and he did that real crazy video for Are You Gonna Go My Way? I love that video. And one of my favorite albums is Lenny Kravitz Five. That album is amazing to me. Like you can just listen to that. And it was, that was a little bit more of kind of alternative rock and roll, jazz, R and B. It was kind of a fusion, but it was a wonderful album. And again, you get labeled as weird, or I got labeled as weird for listening to stuff to that like that, because that wasn't necessarily on uh, the majority of the black community's radar. So I 100% feel uh, Alexis's pain here and understanding that you, it really throws you into a weird space. Like imagine you're you were seeing yourself very clear in a mirror and someone just throws you into a fun house and your self uh your vision of yourself is completely distorted and you don't know your way out of the fun house because more mirrors come up more people are constantly telling you you're weird or trying to act white so alexis goes on within the article She goes on to say uh, some black people think that all black people should act alike. And so she kind of narrows it down. She says it's just in the black community because we all know this is going to happen outside of the black community. But within the black community, it almost hurts worse. And if one person strays away from the way we are, quote unquote, supposed to act, they are abnormal. The ideal black woman, for instance, is not one that engages in cosplay. She does not LARP, live action role play. She's supposed to listen to the same music, care about the same gauge, the same things and engage in the same activities as her counterparts. If she doesn't, she is judged and not considered normal. And she said her taste in books, music, clothing and movies, etc., forced others to label her as the weird black girl 
from kindergarten until the end of elementary school. And even now, people called me weird. I was unlike many girls in the black community, and it made me insecure and uncomfortable, and it brought tears to my eyes. Again, so that's the funhouse analogy I'm talking about. So you had a clear sense of self at one point. And then with all these negative comments and you're weird, you're this, you're trying to be white. You don't even want to be black. You hate yourself. You get thrown into this emotional funhouse and you everything that you thought you once saw about yourself clearly is now completely distorted. And it's very hard to find your way out of that funhouse. It is very hard to find that light at the end of the tunnel. It is extremely hard. Because if you don't have any support, if you don't have anyone that's going to support your passions, your vision and say, no, you good the way you are. You still my friend. Then you don't have that lifeline to get out that fun house until later in life when you start to get around all other people who are locked in that very same fun house. And then you find your way out together. And so Alexis, she kind of goes on to talk about that. She says, when I started to embrace that I was weird, basically taking that uh, that derogatory comment of, hey, you're weird of taking it and wearing it as a badge of honor. And she said she started to notice that uh, she wasn't alone and that there were plenty of the weird eccentric black girls that had the same interests as me. And it was also socially acceptable uh, to be different. And she went to Washington University in St. Louis. And that's when she stated that's when she started to feel better about herself or see herself in that once clear vision. Um, she said she was greeted with a note on her door that said the truth is out there. Um, and courtesy from someone from the student run newspaper. And as you all know, it's a reference from the TV shows and movies, the X-Files. She goes on to state it's one of my favorite television shows. And uh, she says most people find her obsession with the uh, X-Files strange. And it can be. And some of you are going like, really? What? People think the X-Files is weird? This is a, everyone loves the, the X-Files. But honestly, if you're living in a black community or even a really close or certain type of black community, like those shows don't penetrate. They don't penetrate the dome, you know, so to speak. They, they don't get in. People in your immediate circle aren't watching that show. They're not sitting there saying, oh, man, did you watch that new episode of X-Files with the serial killer? And, and when Scully saw him and he looked like an alien or a monster or a demon, nobody's watching that. They they don't see the need to. They're, you're watching Martin. You're watching whatever show that was coming on at the time. You're watching something completely different. So that's what makes you feel even more alone. Because you have no one to talk to and share your like giddiness of the episode, you know. And for me, it's even like that sometimes at work. It's not that people call me weird, but if I watch like when Altered Carbon came out and I binged that when Altered Carbon was amazing, at least I thought. And I would go to work. Hey, man, you seen Altered Carbon on Netflix? It's like, what? I'm like, yeah, the sci-fi show, they have like bodies as husks and they download your soul. Yeah, I'm not into that. That's and I'm not weird, but they said, yeah, that's kind of weird or that's too out there for me. And it really shuts you down. Even now as an adult, you're like, damn, they didn't say I was weird, but 
my choice of show or my choice of binging was weird. So it again, it definitely has an effect. But what I do like is that she found herself and she got to college. She found herself and she found a support system that allowed her to be herself and like what she liked and didn't question her ethnicity for it. I just said, yeah, you, you, you black, you like X-Files. Uh, so when we watch the next episode together and that's what makes you stronger, that's what leads you out of that quote unquote fun house. And that's when you're able to wear that weirdness as a badge and it doesn't hurt you anymore. It's just like, yeah, that's who I am. I like this. I like that. And I'm black. So what? <laughs> Uh, if you don't like what I like, keep it moving. I'm not going to try to convert you. You're not going to try to convert me. Let's keep it moving. So, I mean, it's wonderful. And she ends, she goes on to end the article by saying, and it's in bold. She goes, be unapologetically yourself because being the weird black girl or guy is so much better than forcing yourself to be like everyone else. Live and be who you are. Do get out of that proverbial closet. Like again, I'm I'm not trying to akin this to the LGBTQ movement and things like that, but but be you. Get out of the fun house. Stop looking at a distorted vision of yourself and trying to make that the real vision. Get out and be who you are. So that I think that was a great article because I struggled with uh, up until a few years ago, I struggled with really telling people who I was in terms of what my passions were, what I liked, why I liked it. The fact like I can delve into it fanatically and I can, you know, truly love anime, uh, love manga comics, even though I'm not a manga reader, which is another weird, weird split. And I'm going to say weird. (laughs) It seems like the operative word of the show, but it's another funny type of split or division within uh, the nerd and blurred community. You have your manga readers and you have your just anime watchers. And I'm like, why can't we just all be anime fans? <laughs> you know, so I, I, I read some, but I'm more majority of an anime watcher. So again, there's all types of splits and boxes that we all get put into, which sucks, which is that's what the article saying. Stop putting people in the box. Just love them and support them for what they do. All right, so that's on that episode again. Excuse me, not that episode. That's on that article again. It's on Blavity.com. It's written by Alexis Jaya. It was posted May 6th of 2016. And the title of the article is To All My Weird Black Girls. Now, the next article, and I'm kind of speaking about these in reverse, but chronologically, this is the first art. This is the first article. And so now the, the second article I'm going to talk about which is chronologically the second article, but the first article I actually came across and I came across it of all places on Facebook and it's on the link is on wearyourvoicemag.com and it's called being weird or titled being weird and black doesn't mean you're interested in being white. It's by Heather Jones and it was posted May 18th of 2016. So we're talking about 12 days after, uh, the article written by Alexis Jaya to all my weird black girls. So uh, she begins the article. So Heather talks, so Heather Jones begins the article in talking about Blavity being one of her favorite blogs and how they recently ran an article titled to all my weird black girls. And she goes on to say, as soon as I saw it on my news feed, I was excited because I knew this article would speak to me. But then 
I read it in its entirety. And she goes on to say she starts paraphrasing from the article previously we talked about. She goes, the writer spoke plainly about being an outlier in the black community because she loves heavy metal, anime and Star Trek. She says, uh, end quote, I was unlike many girls from the black community and it made me insecure and uncomfortable and even brought tears to my eyes. Uh, Heather goes on to say, in some ways I could relate to this. My first album was Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill and my first cassette tape was No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. I have memories of opting out of recess just so I could curl up with a good book on the benches and catch up with R.L. Stein's Goosebumps or Sweet Valley High. I played with slugs, loved making fart noises, and didn't even know who Tupac was when he died. Okay, so I'm going to quickly stop right there. First of all, and, and probably this is an assumption, but you like everybody knows who Tupac is. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm a nerd as well, but I knew who Tupac is. But this is going to go to my point versus having a support system and not necessarily having a support system in terms of you have a support system that still allows you to have one foot in your community, your, your ethnic community or your racial community, and then one foot within the nerd culture or the culture that makes you quote unquote weird. And then, uh, so we go, she goes back, uh, she says, I was a weird black girl and wore my weirdness as a badge of honor. So I'm, I'm assuming from her writing, this is when she was younger. She wore it as a badge of honor when she's younger. And she's like, boom, I'm, I'm weird. That's who I am. She says, even the fact that she got bullied and people wanted to be, beat her up. The thing that hurt her the most was being called a wannabe white girl. Like that was what hurt her the most was that she was being called a wannabe white girl and then she was accused of acting white when all she wanted to do was be herself. If this sounds similar from the article we just read, it is. You just want to be yourself. Alexa said the same thing. I just want to be myself. Why are you accusing me of being a something I'm not and then accusing me of trying to be something I'm not? When all I want to do is be myself. Why are you placing me in this fun house with a distorted view of myself? And so here's when the, I feel like the shots fired or here's where I, the disconnect for me is at. And Heather goes on to say, but Jai's article is problematic for me. In one part, she says society has idealized an idealized perception of the black person. They feed into the stereotypes and they think that every uh, black people are loud, obnoxious, ghetto. If someone does not fit the description, they are outsiders. Heather goes on to say that she only uh, associates typical black people traits, uh, associates negative traits with them or negative stereotypical traits. And saying that she didn't uh, fully accept herself until she went to college. And she says, okay, she's kind of trying to pick it apart. She's like, oh, if you didn't conform to this narrative of blackness, you were considered weird, being someone who sees both weirdness and blackness as incredible gifts. I beg to differ. So that's where I feel like there's the shots fired at. She's like, oh, well, it's almost like, oh, why did you take so long to know yourself? Like, and why are you saying that you're, you don't fit the blackness? And this paragraph and I, I, I not, I've read the whole article because I'm like, oh, picking out pieces, but I'm picking out excerpts. And the, the next one where she goes into kind of 
foster her side of why she uh, differs from Alexis's article. She goes, although I was a weirdo, I was still accepted by my core group of black friends. We listened to Usher, the Fugees, Next, and Tamia danced to their songs and talent shows. And even though she was criticized for acting white by a couple of separate bullies, she was also taught to be proud of her blackness at an early age. She goes on to talk about, you know, loving Langston Hughes, celebrating Kwanzaa, playing with black Barbie, black Barbies and Kenyan dolls, winning her school's black history B. Her mother helped her, you know, study for hours and learned about the accomplishments of black people. Uh, but she also loved to listen to corn and matchbox 20. So here's where kind of where I got my understanding of, and here's, here's the point that I came to. We will always be considered weird. Once you be a part of the blurred community or the, you know, anime community, the nerd community as a whole, once you are a minority and do so, you no longer fit the stereotype. You don't you no longer fit how other people see you. You no longer fit how the community sees you. So, yes, you are ostracized and you are definitely put in the weirdo box. One hundred percent. I agree with that statement. But here's the difference. And I also agree with being called white as I grew up, especially being light skinned African-American and liking some of the stuff. They say, oh, yeah, because you you part white. Right. And that's not even the case. So it's it's very hard to fight through it and to feel as though you are uh, a person of substance. And so with the two articles I read and why they spoke to me is because of realizing the difference of why some people find themselves later on in life or why some people who have been comfortable with themselves the entire run through. And I think it's because of the support system. So reading through the article, it seems Heather had a very good supporting cast around her. She had parents that drove home the idea of being blackness. She had friends that kept a foothold for her in, you know, quote unquote, black culture and had her listening to R&B and hip hop and doing talent shows and things of that nature that were able to shield her or minimize the bullies. Because now, oh, you're just separate. You're you're actually the weirdos because you're bullying me because what I like. Whereas it seems that Alexis, that was a normal for her being bullied. And there wasn't that cast of friends that was able to surround her and quote unquote, keep a foothold in blackness and say, yeah, girl, you still black. You just like some crazy stuff that we don't like, but you still with us. She didn't have that. So therefore, she didn't find that until she went to school. So I, I don't know why the title of Heather's article is it is because it just seems like shot fires. It, it basically seems like the same thing she's writing and railing about, about being bullied and being called white. It just seems like, Oh, well it doesn't mean you want to be white because you're a weirdo, you know, like that doesn't mean that. And I don't think uh, the other, I don't think that Alexis's article was saying that at all. I think it was just saying, I felt really bad about myself because I liked this stuff and I didn't feel good until I got to college. 
because I was around more black girls, more girls of color that liked the same thing I liked and I could be comfortable and be myself. And then that gave me strength and that gave me control and that allowed me to share my passion with everybody. Whereas Heather's saying, well, I don't know because I really didn't feel that because I had everybody hanging out with me my whole life telling me that black is beautiful and weird is beautiful too. So we're all just beautiful. We're one and the same. So it's very interesting. It's a very interesting read to hear it from two separate point of views and be able to look down and say, yep, it's your support system. And what really drove that home for me is in the last bit of the article uh, that Heather writes, she goes on to make a comparison with the movie Dope. Now, Dope is a movie that came out. It was it starred Shamik uh, Moore, which is a wonderful actor. He is the uh, voice actor for Miles Morales in the new uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie. He did a wonderful job at that. He also played a main role in the Netflix television series The Get Down which was not a very good show, <laughs> but his part, his acting and his character development was a, uh, a bright light for me when I watched it. So in the you know brief rundown of the movie is uh, the main characters, Shamik Moore or Shamik Moore, his character Malcolm and his friends. They are into rock culture, ska, reggae, hip hop. They have a band. Uh, you know, they go to school. They're kind of your your geeks and nerds of the school, but they're trying to navigate. You know, I want to say South Central Los Angeles. So they're trying to navigate what essentially everyone looks out from out of that bubble and say, "Oh, that's that's gang culture one on one. That's gang central. Ninety percent of the people are gangbangers there." And they've got to navigate this life while still train, staying true to who they are and what they like and not falling into these traps and pitfalls. And in it, there's a scene or a voiceover where he's writing an uh, entrance exam or essay to Harvard. And he goes on to uh, say he's like in the Harvard admissions letter. He questions. He says, am I a geek or menace? And Heather goes on, Heather Jones goes on to say this question contains racially charged hidden language that really asks questions like, do I identify, do I identify with white or black culture or do I want to go to college or to prison? Really heavy to look into it like that. But again, we're we're now putting we're putting the character in a box and we're putting the words in the box. The same thing that I think the articles are trying to say don't do. Which is in, you know, just because he a geek, he's a geek or he feels that he's a geek, you can't subscribe him to white culture now. Or you're a geek, so therefore only white people are geeks. Or you're a menace, so now you're black, you're accepted in the hood. You know, and, and that's an old adage, an old saying. It's like, you know, the hood will accept the shooter and the killer, but a hood will disrespect you for going to college. You know, so... It's that, and I think that's where he's going. Like, are you going to, what do you see me as? Because you see me coming out of South Central Los Angeles, and I'm a black male, and I'm on your campus. Am I a menace to you, or am I just a geek to my community? And whatever you see me as, it's going to be awkward. 
Because if you see me as a menace, but I'm just a geek and I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to get my education, it will always be an altered, awkward interaction between us. If you see me as a geek and I'm walking around, not to say being a menace, but you see me as a geek, but I'm still a black man, it will always be an awkward interaction because there will never be an intimate one-on-one knowledge or a full-on truth between the two because you'll you will never see that so i i thought that was i thought that was awesome you know i thought the article was awesome or both articles was awesome because it made me think as to what does it really mean to currently be growing up or even be an adult within this culture like how does this work <laughs> and it, it was amazing it, it was awesome and and at the end heather jones goes on she says accepting black culture doesn't equate to conformity black narratives are filled with individuals who have created themselves for themselves despite popular consensus Black women are multifaceted and there are tons of weird black girls out there who embrace both their weirdness and blackness. In many ways, they are one in the same. And it is because we're always going to be black. You're always going to be Hispanic. You're always going to be Native American, whatever it is. You're always going to be that. You know, so you can't just say, oh, white people have a clean slate and they can do whatever, but because you're a minority, you have to stick within your bubble. And that's crap. But that's what is subscribed to both sides. Why well, should stick in my bubble and just play football? Because that's what you do. The fact that you can, you know, talk about songs or Korean K-pop bands or, you know, Japanese, you know, piano uh, theme music that's weird that you can do that that's a that's a weird party trick and it shouldn't be it should just be a part of me as a black man so i again i get what heather is saying i i feel like heather and alexa are saying the same thing they just took different paths to get there and uh, in heather's it's more of a well I don't see that happening and we should do this. It's more of a kind of rosy depiction of it. (laughs) And I hope I'm not like starting fight (laughs) and and starting war. Like, ah, shot fire. It just was two really well-written articles that spoke to me and that I saw some similarities and I saw some differences and I saw why they were different and, or my, how I dove into it and said, okay, this is what I think they're saying. And I wanted to bring that to you. I wanted to bring that to my audience because I know uh, the show is built on, you know, talking about entertainment, talking about anime, talking about nerd culture, because that's what is uh, passionate to me, but also talking about sports because I love Sports, talking about football, basketball, baseball, boxing. I love that. And being able to marry the two into one coherent show. So I wanted to bring that to you. I wanted to bring that to your attention and encourage everybody to go out there and and try to find these articles, try to read these blogs. And because they'll speak to you, they'll they'll let you know that you can't just throw this 
imaginary blanket over the world and with these just circles and squares cut out and say, hey, there you go. You fit into these circles and squares. But you have a whole culture over here with a pair of scissors cutting zigzags, um, rhomboids and all these different type of shapes because that's what they fit in. Everybody's not going to fit in these in this blanket and these cutouts that you prescribe to us. We have to have the freedom to make our own moves and cut our own space. And so I encourage you all to do that. Make your own moves. Cut your own space. Don't let someone put you in the funhouse and distort your view of yourself. You are not weird. You, you know, I know that's the word and we're, you know, reclaiming it and saying, yeah, we're weird. And it's a name, a badge of honor. But you're not weird. You're just you. You're just a guy that likes anime. You're a girl that likes anime and you happen to be black. Like that's what it is. So don't let that weird title take you over. Don't let that become the next fun house you get stuck into and you go, yeah, I'm just weird. Be you. I like what I like and y'all can jump off a cliff. And it don't matter if I'm black, white, Hispanic, whatever. But, you know, in the black community, it's hard. So be stand up. Be who you are. Don't let nobody silence you. Don't let them take away who you want to be because you feel like it'll make them feel better. I want you to go out there. Be cool. Stand up and say, you know what? I love the anime Big O. I loved it. When it came on Toonami, it was the shit. I love Vampire Hunter D. I love Pat Labor. I love Gundam. I loved Appleseed. I loved all these shows. I loved these, all these sci I like Star Wars and Star Trek. What? And Babylon 5 and um, Andromeda. What? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So be you, be yourself, walk out the fun house. And keep looking at yourself at a clear, clean, and polished mirror. So again, I want to thank you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me on the show. As I said, thanks for enjoying the, the meat and potatoes. Talking about uh, nerd culture, blurred culture, and anime culture all the same. Uh, kind of a, a little bit of a heavy topic. But one that really made me think. And, and it really got the juices flowing and wanted me to come out here and talk to you. So thank you for staying in and staying tuned and listening to episode two. Again, we're on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Google Music. Please check us out at Multiple Podcast Disorder. We are on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Multiple Podcast Disorder. And hopefully we're coming soon to Twitter. Again, like I'm getting my Twitter fingers ready, ready to go. Doing my exercises right now. I don't have my camera on, but doing my finger exercises right now so hopefully you guys can join me thank you again or just hit me up excuse me hit me up on any of my social media handles even on anchor or itunes leave me a message uh, especially on anchor if you leave a voicemail i will try to get that into my next show and i will try to answer you too as well uh, on facebook and instagram you can leave me a message you can jump in the dm uh, you can leave me some comments about the show or even maybe some topics that you want to talk about, uh, want me to talk about later on in the future. I will be happy to oblige. So thank you all. 
Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And as always, peace.